0: this insert is brought to you by radio k pulpit 7 to 9 am please visit kpulpit.co.za
1: one hop two skips and three big jumps and we're in europe together with professor Dion foster professor at Freie universiteit in amsterdam hello dion preaching in dutch now are we goodness gracious is there anything you can't do brad i I can w- listen, let me say the, the the body of
0: Christ is a gracious, <laughs> gracious group of people <laughs> <laughs> look I'm very impressed
1: i don't mean, I don't even mean to sound like a fanboy here on the side of the radio, but that's very impressive. I mean, you've only been there a few months, and look at you,
0: yeah, look, the truth of the matter is uh brad, I think it was probably a sort of an Afri-Dutch, you know, Afrikaans
1: with a few uh,
0: Dutch twinges here and there. But uh, I I have really wonderful friends and colleagues. I wrote my sermon in English, translated it into Dutch, and then sent it to a few friends and said, Uh. please help me to get the grammar and vocab all lined up. And then I practiced it like the blazes. I don't think I've been that prepared for a (laughs) sermon since I was, you know, 15, 16 years old. <laughs>
1: oh my goodness. I look, I'm very impressed. And I, I think you've gone and thrown yourself in the deep end, and that maybe that's the success of these sort of ventures into the other side of the world in a new life. Yeah. You could try and keep your little, you know, you could try and stick so hard to your own culture that you almost feel like you become irrelevant, or you could really delve deep into where you're at and have the full experience.
0: No, absolutely, Brad. And I think there is something to be said for that. Of course, we know there's so many South Africans here in the Netherlands, particularly in the Amsterdam. Uh, area. And it is easy to sort of just fall into the, the comfortable bubble of uh, South African issues and, yeah. you know, English Afrikaans, but it is a blessing to to recognize. And, and I think that's one of the gifts of being a Christian. You know, wherever you go in the world, there's there's a church and these people love Jesus like you do, and they're willing to Accept you and mm. uh, you know, so it it was it's just so beautiful for me. And obviously, where I'm living here in Bambrach, which is a village literally just on the edge of of Amsterdam, uh, the folks have been so good. I mean, they've really welcomed me, and I can't wait for Megan and Liam to 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 come here and be welcomed by them as well. So when they said "salut uh, priek," I said, "Yeah, goed. kein probleem."
1: Oh, that's beautiful. Now, now Dion, uh, I just realize. We we've we so concerned about January that's behind us, and and here's February and all the things, and and I suddenly realised. Hang on a moment, hasn't Lent begun? Wasn't this past Wednesday Ash Wednesday? Aren't we well on our way to Easter? How the time is flying by.
0: Absolutely. So, Brad, of course, you know, in in our modern lives, we we regulate. Uh, our times and seasons uh, according to uh, the Julian calendar, beginning in January and ending in December, but for uh, for for more ancient cultures, including the people in the Bible, um, and certainly the early Church, the Christian calendar, um, you know, was was the one which regulated their lives. So they would would go from feast to feast. So certainly, if you read John's Gospel, you can see it's structured according to these Hebrew feasts and mm. and that culture that that way of making sense of the world was adopted into early christianity and it is a wonderful way uh for christians around the world to to regulate to to you know shape the times of their lives through the the feasts uh these times of celebrating the different Uh, activities and, uh, you know, times in the life of Jesus and what they mean for us. So you're absolutely right. Yesterday was uh, Ash Wednesday, and that's a time where we remind ourselves that, uh, you know, God created us from dust. Mm. And uh, as the psalmist says, you know, our, our life is is short and we must learn to number it so that we can honor God with it. So Ash Wednesday reminds us that uh, life is for the living and, and we should recognize that it's a gift from God. And it's the beginning of the journey to Jerusalem, the beginning of that journey to, to the cross. And it's intended to be, you know, 40 days, um, excluding the the Sundays uh, where, in which people would, would really just devote themselves to reflecting on the incredible, incredible message of God becoming human Mm. and not only God becoming human but this God who speaks all of creation into existence who holds everything in being choosing to die on a cross so that we can be forgiven for our sins and and to think about the the implications of that the manner in which he died uh, the physical pain that he experienced the psychological Uh, pain of of rejection and misunderstanding, Mm. but also the incredible love that he has for us. Now, Brad, the the passages that were actually set for for last week were two beautiful passages, one from Jeremiah 17, Mm. uh, 5 to 10, and from Psalm 1. And uh, we probably know the the Psalm 1 uh, best. It says, happy are those who are like a tree uh, Mm. planted by streams of living water, whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, it it really struck me, Brad, think about this for a moment, Uh, this concept of happiness, the beginning of happiness. What does happiness look like? What does it feel like? How do we get happiness seems to be an obsession of our age. And here the psalmist and the prophet in Jeremiah 17 are speaking to us about happiness uh, using the image of a tree that's planted by streams of living water. Now, here in the Netherlands I must say every single canal and gracht uh, has trees planted next to it and it's a beautiful image uh, to use with people to say look at the trees that are planted next to the water. Uh, their trunks are, are strong and their leaves are green throughout the year, you know, they they don't wither in the heat of the summer and they don't freeze uh, in in the cold of the winter. They they stand firm uh, because their their roots are deep in the soil. And they receive the nourishing water. And a friend of mine was saying to me, you know, Dion, um, C.S. Lewis uh, once said that um, one of the mistakes of modernity is that people have made happiness a goal. Mm -hmm. And uh, he says, you know, if we read certainly Psalm 1 and Jeremiah 17, it's not that happiness is a goal. It's not something we strive for. Rather, happiness is a fruit. It's something that comes from living in relationship with God from being grounded in his word, from being close to, to him in prayer, from living every moment, every day, every relationship, every work encounter, every joy, every disappointment, all of that gets lived in the presence of God who is our source. And then joy comes from that. So Brad, let me end by just saying two things. Isn't it wonderful? Out of 150 Psalms, the very first word in the book of Psalms is happy. Happy are those whose delight is in the law of, of of the Lord. And they're grounded like trees uh, in streams of, of, of living water. Um, second thing I just want to say is it's interesting if you read Jeremiah 17 and Psalm 1, neither of those two authors question whether happiness is a good or a bad thing, whether it's something that we deserve or can desire. Because many in our world think, particularly Christians, think, well, we shouldn't desire happiness. And they begin by saying it's a given. The God who loves you wants you to live a blessed life, a life that's full and flourishing. So maybe just to leave that with our listeners today as I begin Lent uh, today. uh, I've decided not to to give anything up, but what I am going to do is take something up. And the thing that I'm taking up is to say a bit more time spent every day reading the scriptures, uh, an extra 10 minutes every day uh, in prayer so that my roots can grow deeper and my life can can flourish in the source of, of Christ.
1: That's beautiful. Thanks so much for sharing. Dion, I just want to mention, it's easy just to move on from here, but we've got a lot of people listening from all different denominations and different culture groups across South Africa and beyond. When somebody hears, ooh, Lent, and someone's talking about giving things up for Lent, or you've spoken about taking something up for Lent, that gets people a bit concerned, are we supposed to do it? Must everybody do it? Is it just for some denominations? Can you help there if there's a little bit of cloudiness in understanding? (laughs) Yes, Absolutely.
0: So brad, just to say the 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 practice of of um you know giving something up or taking something up it's it's not mentioned in the Bible, and so for that reason it's it's definitely not a requirement uh it's something that's entirely voluntary, but what we do know is that uh from the very beginning of of christianity so from from right just after paul had had written those letters in the New Testament and Luke had written acts. Um, we know that the early Christians modelled themselves along Jesus' time in the desert, Luke chapter four, which was those forty days where mm-hmm. Jesus didn't eat anything and uh, he was tempted by the devil. And so the idea was that we would we would join Jesus uh, in in subjecting ourselves because you know the body is a very tricky thing, Brad. Yeah. I don't know about you, but but my bodily needs are often the things that make me sin. You know. Uh, I get lazy if I'm tired, <laughs> you know, yes. if I'm if I'm hungry, I eat too much. Uh, you know, if 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 I if I'm hungry and, hungry and tired, I can become ratty <laughs> and so so part of what we're doing in that time is we're saying, Lord, it's not about the body, it's about the spirit. And we want to subject our bodies in some ways, you know, just a, a little bit of discomfort uh to focus our, our minds and spirits on Jesus. But it's definitely not a requirement. It's something people have used. A little bit like journaling or, Mm. uh, you know, uh, uh, singing songs in worship. It's a tool that we use to deepen our spiritual life.
1: Yeah, thanks for clearing that up. I'm sure there was many a person wondering. I know I've wondered in the past, and you've cleared it up for me in the past, and I thought I'd love someone else to have that same clarity that you've given me. Professor Dion Foster our uh, professor at Frey Universiteit in Amsterdam. He's still got a few minutes before he's going to start his bicycle trip through. Thanks for spending time with us. We're so grateful and uh, keep well. We look forward to connecting again. Thanks, Brad. Bless you today. Bye then.
0: This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.